Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Good morning, God bless you. Amen. Amen. Say to your neighbor, peace to you. you. I can't hear you. you. I still cannot hear you. you. Speak like those who are in the seat of the global community church. Say to your neighbor, peace to you. Peace to to your house. house. And peace to all that you have. In the mighty name of Jesus. I had when uh, Apostle Mike said I'd not been around for a while. It's true. I came back last night and I would do anything to be here this morning. We were having challenges with flight. And we're looking for a flight for this morning, uh, but the earliest we'll get here will be after 1 p.m. But God provided one last night, and we made it back to Lagos safely. Thank you for your prayers when we were away, but you can be rest assured, there's no time I will give you my word, except it is impossible. I will keep it. You know why? You are the future. You are, whether we like it or not, your day is around the corner. We will have to leave the stage. You don't understand. Others left for us. We must leave for you. But what you would do on that stage depends on what you get right now from God. And therefore, it's my joy this morning to give as much as God has enabled me so that your days will be better than ours and our nation will be better because you came in Jesus' mighty name. Well, welcome to another exciting edition of 3Gs. For those joining us for the first time, 3Gs simply means guys, girls, and God. Say that with me, guys, girls, and God. When the gentleman asks you, women or men or ladies and men, who is more stronger? I said, neither. That was my answer. Well, I saw what he was playing on at the end of the day. He allowed men to say, women, and he allowed women to say women, and he said, they said, we men. But my English teacher would not permit his question. That's why I said, neither. You can't say who is more stronger. I say who is stronger. So take note, English teacher is around. (laughs) We were made who are created equal. But nothing else is equal after that. Our births are not equal. I shared that with you before I left. Neither will our deaths be equal. Some of you don't know this, but what you are aiming at and studying now may not be where you're going.
I know, and God knows, that when I was growing up and I was in college, I never thought of being a preacher. Me. What will make that to cross my mind? Preacher. Hey. How God eroded me into where I am now, He only knows. And that's the story I want to share with you. Is that okay? Is that okay? Before I get into anything at all, I want you to write your vision boldly this morning, but please do it in pencil. Is it clear to you what have I just said? Write your vision boldly, but please do it in pencil because I can guarantee you that somewhere along the journey of life many things will change I didn't say all things will change I said many things will change my dear did you ever plan to marry your husband did you think you meet him? No. When you are about 15, 18, had you met him? No. Okay. Was he the only person that proposed? No. How did you get here today? It has to be God. But you don't know. So write your vision very boldly. But please do it in pencil because you need a razor later or sooner to amend what you have written. The 3G event is specially designed, specially designed for the legacy youth fellowship of the Citadel Global Community Church, previously called the Lateran Assembly. The major emphasis of 3G is character development. In a previous edition of 3G, I remember Sunday afternoon, July 29, 2018, if you are here, I spoke on the subject, your life has been pre-planned. How many of you were here that day? You were here. Your life as what? Being pre-planned. Can you imagine that we don't have a clue that God pre-planned our lives? You cannot be a citizen of heaven and say, I'll plan my own life. You cannot even be a citizen of the planet and say, I will figure it out myself. You'll be frustrated. Our lives have been pre-planned. Your life has been pre-planned. I told you then that despite all the human frailties you may have, God has pre-planned your life. Say that with me. God has pre-planned my life. I can't hear you. If you don't believe that, then every other thing I will say today won't work. God figured you out before you were formed in your mother's womb. God pre-planned your life. I was at a dining, eating one afternoon, and Pastor Mike was there, and when he was going, he stopped by Pastor Afolabi and said, Oh, I was an usher or something. In your church in Oweri, in Oweri, Revivers People's Church. And he looked at him and said, is that so? Now, you do not know how many people your life will touch and influence until they walk up to you and say hello. We were at the airport yesterday, 
When a woman ran with her daughter, says, Pastor Bakari, Pastor Bakari, I said, Oh God, in this place again, not here. And so he said, We watch you every Sunday. We said, Thank you, thank you. I've learned to just be bowing my head for everybody. You don't know how many people you're alive with church. When he was saying that, Pastor, Ma- Pastor Fulabi didn't know. He said, Is that so? Ah, okay, yes, yes. At a stage in your life, your parents assumed they were in charge. They determined your primary school, or did you determine it yourself? They took you there. And some of you had bullies that bullied you. And some of you in the process could have had someone who had molested you. But you will see, is that part of the plan God has? You wait till I finish. I want you to know that despite all that you have gone through and despite your frailties, God pre-planned your life. And the last time I checked, there's nothing he has planned that failed. Nothing God plans will ever fail. The problem is you are yet to keep fully into that plan. Are you with me? Let's be going step by step. I want to make an appeal to you that you must not allow your human frailties or the failures of your parents or guardians to bog you down. Don't allow those frailties and failures to bog you down. By the way, Everybody has frailties, including me, including Apostle Mike, including Madam Yahoo Jeremiah, including Akwati Olaya, John Nicholson. You know what that means? A bachelor who has no wife who sleeps alone every night. I'm a saint. Say that with me. By the grace of God. Other than that, I'm not. Can I really talk to you as friends today? About four or five years ago or more now, we were at a funeral service, and an elderly man, octogenarian, called my wife and I, sir. Into his car and asked us, I've noticed both of you that you are Molua bees. You have sterling character. Are you transmitting this to your children? And said, To the best of our ability, sir, we are trying. He said, Let me tell you what will make your old age sweet. Make sure your children become your friends. They will be the only ones around when others would have gone. So can I adopt you all as my friends this morning? I'm making a serious application. Will you accept it? Would you accept me as a friend? Despite my frailties? Huh? You're not talking to me. How many of you would like to take me as a friend? Now, you know what that means? The Bible likes in a friend to a man who is looking at his face, not just in the mirror, but water. And he sees himself exactly. So your friend will walk in when others walk out and he will still tell you you are ugly. But he will stay there with you. Do you understand? He will encourage you when you are doing well. And if things go hurry, he will also tell you home truths. I found myself in a very difficult situation with President Muhammad Bari. But as a friend, I can't walk out. 
You don't get it. I remember when he said publicly in his home state in Katsina on our way to London, he said, Pastor Bakary, my running mate in 2011 is here and we are stuck together forever. I wish I'd said no. <laughs> but he said it publicly, I can't take it back, so I remain his friend in good times, in bad times. And do you know every time anything goes hurry, hands have been pointed at me that you are the reason for this. Even things I know nothing about. So are you going to be my friend that way? That no matter what happens, we are stuck together. Yes, I can't hear you. Yes, be careful you are saying it before God. In good times, in bad times, and at all times, we will be together. Yes, my distinguished senator, is that coming from your heart or just from your lips? From your heart. If you are my friend, put your hands together for Jesus Christ. So, if you don't hear the appellation, my dear daughters, sons and daughters, then you hear my friends, you know it's because we changed the equation. I'm talking to you as a friend, and you are receiving it as a friend. Is that okay? Okay. In the last edition, I mentioned to you that it is impossible for anyone to read the opening sentences of the book of Jeremiah or the pre-birth prophecies and angelic declarations that preceded the birth of the likes of Samson, of Jesus, of John, of King Josiah, of Cyrus the king and not come to the conclusion that our lives were preplanned. I'm going to give you homework as a friend to sit down at home and study. I'll take one or two. Look with me at Jeremiah chapter 1. And I'll give you all the references. You must sit down because we are on a journey today. And I want to tell you what I've not told the adult church yet. You know why? Because you are the future. I've not told them that. I'm, I'm leading them on the journey to discovering purpose, but I've not told them what will enable them to fulfill purpose. We have told them about purpose, priority, and productivity. But for purpose to be fulfilled, there are certain things. And I want to deposit them suddenly inside of you this afternoon. I will teach it in a simple way that you will understand it and you will run with it because we cannot afford for you not to be mighty in the land. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah the son of Echiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. What was Jeremiah at this stage? A priest. Hello, is that a good thing? Yes. He was a priest unto God. To whom the word of the Lord came. Pastor Mike told you that nothing changes you like the word of God. He was a priest minding his business. Their jobs in those days were easy. Slaughter the burnt offering, burn it for people. Many of them ended up with blind eyes because of the smoke and the flames, and such as Eli. Do you understand me? They were priests. They were there day and night, burning, 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 and killing and killing animals because people kept on sinning and sinning and sinning. Okay? To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. If God is specific, there's a reason for it. He came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. People ask me, why do you remember dates? Because God is into dates. You will allow certain things to happen in your life that will alter the course of your life completely. How can I forget September 24, 1974? It's not possible. I went into church to take photographs. I ended up giving my life to Christ. I didn't beg him for that. I was a Muslim. I just wanted to earn some money. 
I had no business with Christianity at all. I was raised in a Muslim home and I enjoyed the traditions and all the things that came with Islamic religion. By now, we will have two rams fighting themselves. <laughs> we'll put Shah, snuff, inside the nose or something. And when they kill them, we have legri, legri, you know, it's liver. You put in your head and bam, it will stick to the world. And then we will boil all the fat and we'll be eating the fat. Beautiful. Fantastic. Somebody said cholesterol. We didn't know about it. <laughs> it was fun around this time. Do you understand me? And we'll go to Yidi by tomorrow. After, after we'll go to Yidi. And when we're coming from Yidi, we'll be singing. Awalo, awabo, awalo. I mean, it was fun. And then I found myself in church where they were dipping them inside water and pulling them out of water. <laughs> For God's sake, they wore their shoes into the sanctuary. And I said, they don't even respect God at all. Dirty shoes inside the sanctuary. And now they are taking their bath inside the place. No, we Muslims never did that. We did everything outside. And we had no chance to sit on because we honor God. We are humble. We sit on mat. was completely rooted in the traditions of my fathers. I read the Quran from cover to cover. By 1967, I graduated from Quranic school. I can recite the whole of the Quran. And I came to take photographs and I was arrested. Did I plan for that? No, somebody pre-planned my life and showed me a preview in April 10, 1964 of what will eventually happen in September 24, 1974. I didn't know. I couldn't connect anything until that day. When he showed up in the sanctuary again like a pillar of light standing behind Reverend Emmanuel Alabi. If you don't believe that your life is pre-planned, then you're an accident going somewhere to happen. Let's read. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, listen to this. Before I, who is I there? I can't hear you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah, you are not a priest. You can read the rest. I'm setting you over kingdoms and nations. You are going to root out. You are going to pull down. I mean, Jeremiah had no clue. His parents, Elkai, they didn't tell him anything. They themselves did not know. If you like to trim your hair, where would you go? Salon. Why would you not go to your, to your fashion designer? He also, she also has scissors. Why do you take your hair to your hairstylist? And not a carpenter. He has a hammer. He has a saw. Those things can cut your hair too. So, if you will not do that, why do you take matters of destiny to men? I'll give you other references. I want you to study. And you know what? By the time we have another 3G... Everything I'm asking you to study today will be the subject. And you will tell me what you have learned from that private study. Because we cannot afford to raise an indolent, lazy, lethargic generation who are not familiar with the word of God at all. For Jacob and Esau, their destiny was played out and given to their mother in Genesis 25, 20 to 24. 
Genesis 25, 20 to 24. They were married for 20 years. There was no child. Isaac married Rebecca at the age of 40. There was no child for 20 years. Why? It's not the same way you cook chicken that you cook elephant. Some things take time. For Samson, Judges 13, 1 to 14. For Samson, Judges 13, 1 to 14. I'm going to give you King Uzziah's profile and I want you to study it. First Kings 13, 1 to 3 was a prophet from Judah who came to prophesy that a child Josiah will be born. And this and this are what he would do. In 2 Kings 22 verse 1 and 2, 2 Kings 22, 1 and 2, the king suddenly realized his destiny. He tore his own garment. The force of destiny made him to tear his garment knowing who he, he was made to be or created to be. And then in 1 Kings 23, 13 to 20, he fulfilled everything that God said he would do. First Kings 13, 1 to 3, 2 Kings 22, 1 and 2, 2 Kings 23, 13 to 20. And that of Cyrus the king is, is, is amazing. His destiny was spoken for 250 years before he was born. Can you imagine 250 years before he came? You find it in Isaiah 45, 1 to 7. When Isaiah was prophesying, he was talking about, you did not know me, Cyrus. There was no father, no mother, no Cyrus when Isaiah was prophesying about what he would do. For John the Baptist, Luke chapter 1, 13 to 17. Luke chapter 1, 13 to 17. And for the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Luke 1, 26 to 33. Luke 1, 26 to 33. Now, I gave you all this as homework. I could stay here and read everything one by one. But I want you to go and study and ponder because of the next statement I'm going to make. With this many examples, it will be utter foolishness. For anyone here present to think that his or her life is a mere accident or just a byproduct of sinful pleasure or one night stand. That do you know my, my mother was raped and she conceived and brought me forth. So I'm a byproduct of rape. Idiot. You're not. Those are circumstances surrounding your pregnancy. That's not you. To think in such a manner is to give room to the enemy of your soul to derail you from the path of destiny. To think that, okay, my my dad did not really marry my mom. Or my mom did not really marry my dad. They forced my mom or my dad. Because in those days, I witnessed several of such events. The father of the bride will give the child without her consent to someone else and they will carry her there. She will be crying and willing, but her father had decided. Thank God for democracy. <laughs> her father decided and that was it. Sometimes they would have taken money also that they could not pay back. That was what happened to Rahab the Harlot. If you read church history. Let me show you one example of pregnancy by deceit. Not pregnancy by promise, not willingly. It was Judah. 
in Genesis 38 who departed from his brothers and thought that Tamar was a prostitute. Tamar was his daughter-in-law. He had sent her back to her family until her last son would be raised up because the first two sons had died as a result of their relationship. They were wicked, but as a result of their connection with Tamar, and the man said, I don't want my last son. Go back to your father's house. And while he was raising the son, he went to share his sheep, and Tamar pretended like a, a prostitute, and Judah went into Tamar. Hello? He did because he thought it was a pro- Is it right to go to a prostitute? No, but it was Judah who did it, and that's your tribe. Um, you are going to shake off some things today. Uh, I want to recommend a tape for you because you are young, you are dynamic, you can download it, you can do anything. It's called The Ministry of Internal Affairs. I preached it here several years ago. The Ministry of Internal Affairs. The things that are in our family, that familiar spirits will use to derail us. Judah went into Tamar and Tamar became pregnant. And they told Judah, hey, oh no, there, there, there's something else there. For Tama to agree, she had to be paid. But Judah did not have money. Judah surrendered, surrendered the scepter. The authority of his entire clan and family and tribe. And his chain and his ring, he gave all for one five minutes pleasure. And he said, I will send a goat to take it back. Have you ever been deceived by a young man? Let me see your hand. If a man has deceived you, okay, don't, don't, you will not show up. <laughs> if he have told you you are the only coconut in my locker, the only mosquito in my net, the honey in my tea, there's nobody like you in the world. <laughs> He's calling you sweetie because he wants to take a bite. That's all. So I will send a goat later. His friend, the Adulamite, carried the goat, but they could not find any procedure anywhere. I said, okay, forget it. Forget what? Forget the scepter. Forget every symbol of your family and clan authority. For five minutes pleasure? Okay. It's okay. It's gone. And then they reported to Judah one day and said, Judah, guess what? Tamar is pregnant. Say, Tamar is pregnant? Tamar? Go and burn her alive. This is more than Nollywood. <laughs> this is serious home video but if you watch and listen today it will heal you of every blunder in your past surrounding the surrounding circumstances of your birth do you understand me when the firemen got to Tama Tama said okay I'm not stopping you but the man who had this is responsible for the pregnancy they immediately recognized the scepter of Judah. And they went back to Judah. He said, who? <laughs> Judah. He said, who? Have you burnt her? He said, how many ears do you have? Do you recognize this? He said, eh? He said, she's more righteous than I am. You know, many times that we judge people, we are exhibiting selective integrity. We have forgotten that we are also full of frailties and blunders and God is just helping us. So she's more righteous than I am. Now, what do you think will be the destiny of those two children that Tamar gave birth to? How would they live in the environment? Knowing that their mother pretended to be a prostitute and became pregnant by deception. They come with me into the Bible. 
I will take their own example. You can study Genesis 38, 1 to 30. You will see the story of pregnancy by deceit there. But if you look at Ruth chapter 4, Ruth chapter 4, they were now using the name of the daughters, I mean the sons of Judah by Tamar to bless the children of Israel. I still don't know why so things are in my Bible. Maybe they are not in yours. Let's read it together. Root, chapter number 4, verses 11 and 12. Root, chapter number 4, verses 11. Go to verse 12 then. Verse 12. May your house, no, give me verse 10. I want to read it from the beginning so that you get it well. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. Listen to what the elder said. And all the people were at the gate, and the elder said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. And may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Should they use the name of Perez to bless anybody? And if you want to really read, go to Matthew chapter 1. You see Perez in the genealogy of Jesus Christ with Tamar conspicuously displayed and Judah conspicuously displayed. Tell your neighbor, your past does not determine your future. Your background is not responsible for your foreground. It's a function of your choices. God preplanned your life. I want you to stand when you say this with me today. Stand to your feet and say with me loud and clear. I want you to shout it so that when the devil comes in with any any lie in future, this word will be in your spirit to counter whatever he says to you. Are you ready? Yes. Say with me, regardless, regardless of the circumstances of my birth, I am not an accident. I'm not someone else's mistake. I'm not an afterthought. I'm a child of destiny. Endowed with God-given potentials to fulfill my God-given purpose. Regardless of the circumstances of my birth, I am not an accident. I'm not someone else's mistake. I am not an afterthought. I'm a child of destiny. Endowed with God-given potentials to fulfill my God-given purpose. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. That's who you are. Take your seat. You are a child of destiny. You are a child of destiny. Endowed with God-given potentials to fulfill God-given purpose. That's who you are. That's who you are. This fine morning is afternoon already now. This afternoon I'm going further as a helper in this God-ordained journey of life to challenge you not to settle for less than God's best. That is the theme of our deliberation today. Don't settle for less than God's best. Say that with me. Personalize it. I will not settle for less than God's best. Tell your neighbor, look at me. I am. Look at me. I am God's best. You don't hear that. 
I want you to look at me. I am God's best. I am heaven's best. And the best of heaven is my portion. God created me in a special way. I'm so unique. Can't you see? Can't you see that I'm different from you? I'm God's best. And God was looking for someone to send to Nigeria. He sent me. I'm God's best. I don't know how many people can boldly say I'm number 16. And not be afraid. And not be thinking, supposing it does not work. Because I'm God's best. I know what he said to me. Hello. Okay. If you have not discovered yours, don't be envious. Who knows? You may be number 20. You may be number 30. But you're a miracle going somewhere to happen. Can I hear amen? Amen. The subject of our contemplation for this edition of 3G is don't settle for less than God's best. As I prepared this message, I was on the plane. I was flying back into Africa from London when I took my laptop. Do you call it laptop? iPad. Okay. And I began to type. Mordecai's words to Queen Esther came alive inside of my spirit. He said to her, for such a time as this, you are brought into the kingdom. Give me Esther chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Esther 4, 13 and 14. Then I will give you my central text and then we'll begin to flow. Ezra 4, 13 and 14. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That was what thundered in my spirit for you. And I'm going to explain it that you are not an accident that the day of your birth was preplanned. Doctors can only give suggestions. They call it EDD. Expected date of delivery. Or ET, the estimated time of... But they don't know that Yorubas will say, Abonyu Moshuko Mojo. He knows in nine months I will deliver, but does not know exactly. Only God knows. So that you came out on a particular day because it is for such a time you are born. And so what do you do knowing all that I've said this afternoon or beginning from the morning that your life has been preplanned, that you are not an accident, you are not someone else's mistake, you are not an afterthought, that you are a child of destiny, loaded with God-given endowment so that you can fulfill God-given purpose. What do you do? How do you connect to that God? Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Now I'll start from Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And we'll read from, I beg your pardon, Ecclesiastes 11. 11. We'll read from verse 9 to 10, and then we'll read up to 12, 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, 9 and 10, and then we go to 12, 1 and 2. Rejoice, O young man, and now many of you know that includes young woman. Hello. Whatever is good for the goose is good for the gander. When you see man in the Bible, it's mankind. 
was called Adam. God did not call Eve Eve. It was Adam who called Eve Eve. He called both of them Adam. The day they were created. And Adam means mankind. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Hello, do I have youth here? Yes. You're not rejoicing. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. And let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart. And in the sight of your eyes. They say, do as you please. That's what he's saying. You know, that's, that's what youth is all about. You must deliberately buy torn jeans. They call shredded, right? Ripped. You must deliberately go for ripped clothes. Rip it along your tie. And wear it. It's your day. You must wear your face ball. Give me my face cap. Don't wear it this way. Wear it this way. You understand me? Throw away your jacket, fold your shirts. It's your day. But guess what? We've been there too. Uh, <laughs> I showed them. Pastor Nims quickly snapped the photograph. Maybe I will show you. My photograph, the last day in school, this shall be grammar school, July 12, 1973. I stood alone and folded my hand. It was a, it was a group photograph. I was the only one with sunshade, <laughs> with Afro hair. And I folded, because I was a prefect. I, I, I stood like this. Pastor Nims said, Pastor, this fashion design has stood there for a long time. Ah. You don't know about Wella. I know about Wella. He said, do what you like. Let's read. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. Whatever you see that you like, go for it. But know that for all days, God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Childhood and youth are what? How many of you want to end up with your life and the right on your tombstone vanity? Okay. Chapter 12. Verse 1. Remember now your creator when? In the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Can I remove my jacket? That's my business. It's not your jacket, it's mine. Thank you. Okay? Remember your creator in the days of your... Before the evil days will come, this is the time to plan. If you are... 30 or 31 years old and you're not married, stand to your feet. You are 30 or 31 and you're not married. Thank you. Stand to your, if you're 30 or 30 and you're not married. 30 and above. I just want 30 especially. 30 and above. Stand to your feet. Good. Keep on deceiving yourself that you're young. I just want you to know that Gowan was your age when he was head of state of Nigeria. And that he was a bachelor as a head of state. He married after he had become head of state. Paul Adifarasi was his ring bearer. The day he got married. Do you understand this? If anybody says you are young, he's deceiving you. You know what lie the enemy will keep on telling you? You still have time. You are young after all. Why don't you enjoy for now? Hey, God will bring you into judgment. And if you read the end of everything, he said he will bring it into judgment, whether good or evil. He will even judge the good you do to see the motive behind it. 
Ojan Law. Time is going. Please sit down. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I didn't marry until I was 32. <laughs> I was 30 when I got married. So it's not, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just saying, don't listen to the lie of the devil that you have time. Because Ojan Law, time is going. It's not waiting for anybody. And do you know I'm not talking about marriage today? Neither am I interested in sex or anything relating to sex today. No, I'm going beyond all those. I know it's about character development. That's what 3G is all about. But I want to touch on something very critical. When I say don't settle for less than God's best, what is it at the back of my mind? Like Queen Esther, God has placed you in a time and location that will allow you to maximize your role in establishing his will on earth as it is in heaven. Listen attentively. Do you know your purpose already? No. You're still trying to figure it out. How about you? You do. You know your purpose. How about you? You're getting closer. Okay. How about you? Huh? Getting closer. Uh, I don't want to embarrass Pastor Mike. See, let me give you a guide into your purpose. Every child of God has a purpose hidden inside the Lord's Prayer. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. This message will continue in a subsequent episode. I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.